What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Five, six, seven, eight, family. family. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Gilmore to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. You know, yeah? I found um, gluten-free rolls. Oh, I'm so oh, happy you for you. You want to hear the saddest part, though? I, oh, no. At Whole Foods, I found a um, vegan gluten-free pumpkin pie. Yes, I saw on your Instagram story. I somehow like when we were like unloading everything and like stacking all the things we were using for Thanksgiving on the counter it got caught under something and like we didn't notice and it sat out for like two days no so we couldn't use it we had to throw (gasps) it away and we didn't get to eat it because it needed to be refrigerated I oh my god my heart is so broken yeah can I tell you we did not have any pumpkin pie at my Thanksgiving this year I was very upset I like your solidarity (laughs) I was very upset I love pumpkin pie I know. I was so excited to eat it because we got oh, dairy so free sorry. whipped cream to put on top of it. It's okay. We'll hit it again for Christmas. Christmas yeah. is very soon. <laughs> oh, I know. It is. It is very soon. How was yours? Um, my Thanksgiving was great. I actually had two Thanksgivings. As most people on here know, I'm from Connecticut. So I went there on Wednesday night and spent Thanksgiving proper with my like local Connecticut family, which is my mom and my grandma and my aunt and then all of the people that surround that part of the family (laughs) and then the other half of my family is from long island so they all came up on friday so we had two thanksgivings which was really great how very gilmore of you it was it was honestly i should have thrown in two more just just for fun just for the hell of it just for a little (laughs) tour of connecticut um but it was a great time and i'm really really happy that i was able to see as many people as possible because last year as i think you remember i was alone for thanksgiving i think i mentioned it last week yeah i was alone for thanksgiving and i dropped the apple pie and i was really sad and so to be with everybody the pie drama i know so much pie (laughs) drama oh my gosh i know what will next year's pie drama be (laughs) i don't know we'll find out but you just mentioned that christmas is right around the corner after Thanksgiving, all bets are off. It's Christmas time, my friends. It's it's the holiday season. It's the holiday season. And on that note, we actually dropped our holiday season merch today on GilmoreToSay.com. Yes. I'm very excited for all of our besties to see. There was an illustrator that I really love that I found on TikTok. You might follow mm. her. Her name is Emily Kelly Designs, E. Kelly Designs on TikTok. And she illustrated a very winterized gazebo for us mm-hmm. where it looks very Christmassy, very holiday. Um, and I think it turned out really great. I do too. I love the two little to-go coffee cups the on the steps. The two coffee cups on it. Yes. Oh, it's so cute. And we have it available on a ton of different products. So be sure yeah. to check it out. My favorite is the tote bag. I love the tote bag. It, it came looks out so, so cute good. on the tote bag. I know. I love the greeting cards because I love sending a Christmas card. Yeah. Just to say hey. Just to say happy hollow, hollow days. Exactly. It's the holiday season. It's the holiday season. I'm so excited. And to that end, speaking of the holidays, we started touching on this last week. <laughs> Family dynamics. What is the holidays without family dynamics it's true the way that you and your family all interact together (laughs) and what better show to talk about family dynamics than that of gilmore girls which is literally centered around family dynamics yeah because this show is such a family drama like as much as like i feel like we all focus on the boys and the relationships it's a family drama Mm. it's the dynamic between this mother and daughter and they're more like 
best friend than mother and daughter, but it's still the dynamic of the two of them. And then you introduce their grandparents. And like, if I'm being really honest, I think that us and most of the fandom really trivialize the show when we focus on like the teams. Like we really diminish like the overall storytelling, like the intricate nature of like this family drama, because it's really not a romance, um, which Certainly we come not. to find. Is that going to make me not talk about the teams never. and the boyfriends? No, Could but I just feel, me. I feel like it's worth it to mention that like, that is something that we do because this is like such a like dynamic story that is told of this family Yeah, um, that we do get caught up on the boys on it sometimes, but at the end of the day, it is a family drama. It is a family drama. And boy, is there drama. <laughs> boy, is there drama. And it really, really changes and it ebbs and it flows a lot over the course yeah. of the entire series. In the theme of it not being a romance, something I've said before is that the show doesn't have a lot of good love stories. Mm. But I think at the end of the day, the greatest love story on the show is between mother and daughter, Mm -hmm. is like between the two of them. And it's their dynamic that really drives the show because they could be a family unto themselves because that's how they've been for so long. But I feel like it was so like how iconic of Amy to make this family sit down every single week Mm. and like with everything that was changing between them, forcing them all to get together once a week. Genuinely. What an amazing device within the plot to like, regardless of what's happening they have an obligation that they have to come regardless of what happens regardless who's mad at each other i mean eventually it falls off in like the later seasons because of much more intense things but they have to go yeah this is what they've decided that they have to do yes and i think that that was incredible (laughs) for them to have done for the show absolutely and it provides a lot of parallels within each episode for things that are happening at Friday night dinner and how those themes kind of thread themselves into the narrative of, like I said, the episode and how they can kind of come back around and like bite the girlies when they get to Friday night dinner. (laughs) I know, I know. And also it's ever evolving when it comes to Friday night dinner, depending on who's there, when it's just Emily, it's a different dynamic. When it's Richard and Emily, it's a, it's a different dynamic. If Lorelai's there without Rory, different dynamic it all shifts of course according to the narrative of the episode but depending on who's present yeah because I even think that like one of the first ones that we see is it's so so different than like as it grows even in season one because they don't really know Rory they don't know anything about her they have to like take a second to get to know her and like the biggest drama between I think the mother and daughter is the Mm -hmm. dynamic of and like the struggle of how her grandparents see her, her being Rory, and how Lorelai's relationship with her parents is. And it's like that push and pull between the two of them that they don't want, but like Suki speaks to is like, I think it's like in um, Kill Me Now, like very early on, that she speaks to the fact that like Rory is a daughter that they never got, that like Rory is the replacement. Yeah. And so to see that like kind of unfold before that really takes shape where it's kind of awkward like they don't really know how to talk to her it's very early on that Mm -hmm. we see that but I think it's in the first episode that they're kind of like you know you're You're tall tall. is really all they have to say to her but as that goes on she becomes this little angel that they start to worship as everyone does with Rory Gilmore I know but then in season six the dynamic between the three of them shifts drastically yeah the arc of of the entire series and how those dynamics shift 
is is really fascinating to watch. Yeah. It starts with Lorelai and Rory at the core of it all, but then really unfurls into Lorelai and Emily in, like you said, that very first episode and Richard and Lorelai because Richard yeah. is so mean to her in that first episode. He's so mean to her. In a way that I don't really... I don't want to say we never see again because he can be really out of line sometimes. And yeah. we, we see that come back. But he is sharp with her. Yeah. In a way that, like, I do not love. It paints Richard in a really negative light in that first and, episode. But I, th- I think that's the thing, though, is, like, even as we go through with Richard, like, he rarely is like that. He is normally the one who is, like, silently sitting back and letting, mm. like, the drama unfold between Emily and Lorelai. And, like, very rarely, I feel like, interjects. I mean, there are, like, very, like, pointed moments where he does. But I almost feel like sometimes that's, like, equally a problem to like him being really mean like watching Emily and Lorelai fight and him just sitting back and like this is between the two of you sort of idea well I mean it's similar to what he does when his mother comes to town with Emily oh oh my gosh so like mother like son (laughs) that's one of the most confusing dynamics to me like which we've talked about before uh about how Richard doesn't see how Trix treats Emily and just, like, doesn't defend her when she gets thrown into the mix. Well, I I wonder if it's less that he doesn't see it, more that he doesn't want to, more that he doesn't comment on it. Oh, he totally sees it. But it's just, like... He doesn't want to get involved. I know. I know. Oh, we've talked about that before. But to see the ways in which, as conflict unfolds, like, sometimes Richard and Emily are on the same team and sometimes they're not... Yeah. ...is very interesting. And, and lends itself to a really good story. Yeah. What are some of your favorite Friday night dinners? I know that a lot of them are probably going to be filled with conflict because I know you very well. <laughs> Fair. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's too early to mention the season six Friday night's all right for fighting because like I feel like that one's like the ultimate one yeah but it's like you have to get through all of the other Friday night dinners first to get there. Um, yeah. I also don't want to say this one because it's like really high up there but it's like uh when Lorelai comes over in season five thinking that they're going to like intervene with Rory on Rory in the finale in the finale a house is not a home when she comes over thinking like they've got this plan they're behind her like this is this is finally like after like five full seasons of this like family drama Mm. they're finally showing up for her exactly how she wants them to and they're like just kidding. She's going to stay with us. Like, fuck you is basically Ugh. how that unfolds. Yeah. And um, she goes out and she's looking through the window at Rory. And that that's really like the the moment for me. That's like one of my favorites. Like, mm. And it can't even consider it a Friday night dinner because there was no, no dinner. dinner. <laughs> but it is Friday night and it was the intention. There was <laughs> intention go, for dinner. They go sit in the cocktail room. Yeah. the living room rather. <laughs> yes, totally. But I uh, like I just love that it didn't even happen. Like that's yeah. that's absolutely one of my favorites there are a lot of friday night dinners that don't ever actually include dinner yeah that's true like, like so, sometimes happen. you just have cocktails yeah or it, it's hard to say sometimes because there are episodes that surround a friday night dinner or like multiple friday night dinners yeah. and there are some episodes where it just happens at the beginning and then we don't really ever see them again yeah it's just like a little bit of like a cold open conversation yeah where you like yeah. learn bits about their past where like Lorelai supposedly burned all of her pictures yeah um 
but it's also like giving us like some backstories to like where Richard is. We then found out from Valerie the reason that Richard is not in a lot of Friday night dinners is because he was living in Connecticut at the time, yeah, yeah. funny enough. And so he would be flown in for the episode. So it makes sense that he wouldn't be there. And he was like always traveling to these exact yeah. places because Edward Herman was really in Connecticut. Yeah. Because that's something that we talk about a lot on Patreon is we really love when it's just like the Gilmore girls, the three of them. Yeah. But I I would have to say that my favorite Friday night dinner does include Richard. And if you follow us on Patreon, you've heard me talk about this. Oh, actually, no, we talked about this uh, on pod as well, because we did our we did our Gilmore Revisited on Starcross Lovers and Other Strangers. And yes. I absolutely oh. love and Brett and I ate this up when we watched it together. The Friday night dinner between Lorelai, Richard, Emily and Chase Bradford. Chase Bradford. Yep. That's Chase the one. Bradford. Oh my God. So I, good. I love so him. Good. I love the idea that like their first date arguably is Friday night dinner. <laughs> like when he got holds a- out his hand, he goes, shall we? I also <laughs> love, I also love that moment between Lorelai and Richard. Yeah. Because I feel like those moments are few and far between where we see them be really mac and cheese together. Yeah. And to know that there's such an unspoken agreement between the two of them before she even climbs out the window later in the episode to escape this man and that Richard (laughs) lets her do it. Thank you, daddy. (laughs) Thank you, daddy. Um, It's like unspoken between the two of them that they're both already over this man and that's how they bond. And I love it. I love the dynamic in that in that dinner. It's so good. If we could talk about, I guess it's not quite a parallel, but it's like an expansion of that moment is in partings where they invite Christopher to dinner Mm -hmm. and Jan from the office, It's Jan from the office, Lenny, um, I think it's Carolyn and then Lenny for those in the know. Um, but when they're trying to set them up, somehow this has happened that Lorelai is now witnessing what had happened to her. Um, I think my favorite part of that is like, they do consider Chris like a son in some ways. And at this point, like they recognize he's not going to be with Lorelai. We'll ignore season seven. Mm. Um, But they see him as someone that, you know, like is a part of their life. So they're going to force him to try and match with this girl. But I think the most interesting part of that dynamic of Emily forcing this upon him is she was like, I met a therapist and now I'm going to set him up with Christopher. (laughs) Yep. I met someone who went to school to deal with this sort of thing. And I feel like that's the person that I need to set Christopher up with. Oh, it's Um, so good. And it feels, it feels like very reminiscent of Chase Bradford, except for Lenny is much better. (laughs) Yeah. And ironically ends up connecting with Lorelai instead of Christopher, which is so Which I love. I love that her mom invited a therapist over to match him with her daughter's father, and it ended up being her match. I know. I love it so much. On a lighter note, which kind of has nothing to do (laughs) with any, like, conflict. I guess the conflict was preceding this, but... um, my one of my favorite cold opens, and we also talked about this on pod because we covered Happy Birthday Baby. One of my favorite cold opens is when they tell Richard and Emily that Rory's going to Yale. Oh yeah, and the I kisses on each cheek. Love that moment when they come back together. I just love the way that the two of them act like they don't care. 
they act like it's like they had an unspoken agreement like they had a conversation before this happened they looked at each other and they were like we're not going to react I feel like that's a really good example of like how their dynamic has changed because even just from like it's not technically a Friday night dinner it's a Thursday night dinner a Thanksgiving but there was a huge blow up Mm. and by the time they get to happy birthday baby it feels like they have recognized that like putting that aside is worth it because they do value this relationship that they have with the both of them yeah and they're gonna act like they don't care and like it's fine but they're so fucking excited and when they're like given permission to be excited like it just like it changes everything and it's 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 so like that is like a perfect example of like how that unfolds yeah which then later in that episode is also a great example because that's one of my favorite Friday night dinners in terms of like finding out how Lorelai kind of grew up I like those like little snips that we get because it's her birthday and the maid takes the cake away before she can blow out the candles and she's like the maid will do that yeah (laughs) I was like Emily that's her birthday cake of course she would blow out her candles why did you take it away yeah and that's when Lorelai pays them back for Chilton with the money that Richard gave to her for being born for the investment that he made and like she should have known that it was going to upset them Mm. but they get very riled about this after like they had just had like such a good like the Gilmores had given so much grace to them yeah that's like a big parent episode for Lorelai because the way that it starts how happy Lorelai is and like kind of puts her own feelings aside because She's excited that Rory's going to yell. She's accepted it. She's happy to see the reaction that her parents eventually do have. And then when Richard takes her out to lunch and gives her the check and they talk about the Jimmy Choo's, you know, that's like a sweet moment between the two of them. That's where we get another thank you. Thank you, daddy. Um, And then to see where it kind of goes. Of course, you know, lends itself to more, lends itself to more conflict. And then subsequently they go on to, reinstate Friday night dinners for Rory specifically and that yeah I think was so crucial because if they had left that out for the remainder of the series with no obligation whatsoever I like everything would have shifted in a really big way this is like me kind of forgetting a storyline which I have to admit to because when Rory goes to Yale like part of like them paying for Yale because she doesn't get the scholarship or Financial Financial aid aid or whatever it is. Oh, it is financial aid because the people at the office called because she had recently come into money um, that it's like they're going to finance her going to Yale. What is the reason that Lorelai starts going to Friday night dinners again? Because she doesn't go for a couple she doesn't go for the first one because but they she go to show Europe. Up eventually. <laughs> she eventually shows up in Ballrooms and Biscotti in season four, episode one. And the reason that she shows up is because Emily has basically held Rory, Rory hostage. hostage. But I think the reason that she comes is because she sees how deeply it upsets Emily that she's not there. Yeah. So there's not like any like real reason because I know in season five when she stops going mm-hmm. because of like the Luke what happens drama. With- Luke at the vow renewal yes and the only reason that she is gonna go to Friday night dinners again is because she wants to go to the Logan dinner Mm -hmm. so I couldn't remember if there was a reason in season four that like she started going again no it's solely just I think because Rory is there I don't think they ever speak to it and if our besties know please 
please yeah. let us know. But I don't think there's a reason outside of just watching the way that her mother absolutely fell apart over her not being there and kind of the way yeah. that they that spilt over onto Rory. Big if true. Yes. <laughs> like yes. that's such a that's such like a I like that maybe they got to that point. Mm. I just I can't I can never remember early season four. I don't I watch know. it enough. I yeah, agreed. Same sorry, here. sorry, besties. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tacovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> it's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood sampler pack at takearecess.com slash GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. But speaking to that, when there is that rift between Lorelai and her parents, or really Lorelai and Emily, because when she talks to Richard on the phone, she says, like, I'm not mad at you yeah. um, in season five after their vow renewal. I think her words are, I don't have any beef with you. And he's like, oh, <laughs> OK. Because <laughs> that's when Emily's trying to like get on the phone yes, with her. Yes, yes. And um, Rory comes over. She's really hostile to her grandmother. It's that episode where she wears Lorelai's dress to Friday night dinner. Yep. 
and Emily's trying to be sweet as pie to her and Rory is having none of it. And then Richard walks in the room and she's like, grandpa (laughs) runs into his arms. (laughs) Yeah. Cause they got her a gift or something. Yeah. They got her a gift and And she's like blowing Emily off and she's just like, so I love when, when they leave and Emily's kind of like mocking her almost. Oh Yeah. Because you're the favorite, is what she's saying. Remember, she's cutting the flowers, and she's so mad. You're the favorite. (laughs) Now, speaking to that, toward at the end of season five, like you said, like you mentioned before, do you think that if Rory had rang the doorbell to talk to Emily and Richard, and Emily answered the door, oh, instead of Richard, what do you think would have happened? Do you think that Emily would have caved the same way that Richard did? Because I would argue that Emily and Rory's relationship is very different than Richard and Rory's. Yeah. He would have done anything to make her stop crying, I feel like. Yeah. So I wonder if Emily had answered the door if things would have gone differently. Because I feel like Emily, Emily's get is always Lorelai. We've talked yeah. about that a lot. Richard's is always Rory. Like, Richard really gravitates towards Rory. Emily, I think, does too. But Emily does yeah. because... Rory is the lifeline to Lorelai. Always. Not to say she doesn't love Rory, but no, I just of think course. that... She thinks she's an angel. I think that Emily would have thought about Lorelai first. That's so interesting. I had never thought about that before. I immediately want to say that she would have put more thought into it because, like, the flip side to that is, like, how did the conversation go between Richard, Richard and, and Emily, Emily to, to be get like, them to that point? Yeah. Because I do, I do feel like he has, like, enough of, like... I don't want to say, like authority over Emily that's the wrong word that I'm looking for it's more of like he has like this like assuredness that I think sometimes that she will fall into that like she like if he thinks something is true or something Mm -hmm. is right she is like akin to believe that Mm -hmm. my miss do you think that's true I don't know even as I'm saying it I'm not sure because Emily does have like her own very distinct opinions that like I wonder what Richard said to make Emily like flip to that side did like Emily come downstairs like was Emily there and like they had a conversation with Rory I don't know I don't know I'm I'm having a tough time remembering if they said all I can see in my mind is Lorelai sitting there as they're sharing with her what's the plan is But I can't remember if they ever speak to Emily having a direct conversation with Rory. It's more of just like, this is what's been decided. Yes. They don't, I don't think they ever actually say that like, this was how we decided it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't give us like a direct um, result of like, Rory showed up here. I talked to her. I brought her to Emily. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I just can't remember if Emily ever speaks to having that direct conversation yeah. with Rory, which I'm assuming she had to eventually at some point because she's already in the pool house unpacking her stuff at that point yeah so that is an opinion that i would love to hear from our besties that if emily opened the door in season five episode 22 a house is not a home instead of richard when rory comes over because her life is falling apart how do you think that would have unfolded mm. like because i'm not sure i feel like yeah. one of you has a very strong opinion <laughs> i'm sure please call our hotline because i i don't know because i think that it took Emily a lot to do that knowing that she was going to lose Lorelai. Yeah, they they had to know. 
like in the back of their mind, they had to know that Lorelai was going to flip out about this, especially because she had just come to them and been like, we're going to be united from. And they're like, this is not happening. And I can really only hear that in, <laughs> in Lorelai's voice. voice. When she's, I know. Just doing the reenactment. Oh I'll my come God. to Davenport tomorrow. Um, now, riddle me this. Charlie Davenport. I know that obviously season six unfolds the way that it does. What is the precipice for them going to this Friday night dinner where Friday night's all right for fighting happens? Is that the first Friday night dinner they go to? It's the first Friday night dinner that they go to in season six. Yes. But the reason that they go to it is because um, it's like it's almost like Lorelai starts to feel guilty about it because Chris is now paying for Yale. Yes. This is the moment when um, Lorelai calls Rory and she was like, what? We wouldn't be speaking. That would be awful. And Lorelai goes, ice, ice, baby. And so she kind of convinces her to come to this. Um, and it's it's really Lorelai that facilitates it all. She It's a lot of convincing everyone to come together. Got it. And it's funny that Lorelai is the one that is, like, trying to unite everyone after everything that has happened. Yeah. But it, the impetus for it is, like, yeah, it's, like, her wanting her to, like, reconnect with her grandparents because she, like, knows that she has a bad relationship, but she values... It's very clear that she values Rory's relationship with them and that it doesn't have to stop just because Christopher's not paying when technically the obligation is done. Yeah. Um, because from that point, every yeah. Friday night dinner after that is just like, it's because, because, because they want to go. It. Yeah. yeah. Which I almost wish that they would have like hit that harder that like, um, that they were just showing up now because, um, yeah. because that's the next one when, <laughs> when they're talking about the flowers. Yes. And, they're like, yes, restart five, six, yes. seven, eight. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. The journey of Friday night dinner is so fascinating. And and you spoke to this at the beginning of the episode that we don't really like consider that as often as we should. Yeah. That the concept of it and like how integral it is to the story, I don't think is is focused on as much in the fandom as yeah. it is when we talk about the boyfriends. The boyfriends. Yeah, because there's this, like, incredible plot device of this family who, like, has so much tension that they, like, have to come together every week. Yeah. But it's really... And, like, they can come up with enough conflict and drama completely on their own. They mm. don't need anyone else there to do it for them. But when there are other people that come in, like you mentioned, the boyfriends, there's an instance of every single one of Rory and Lorelai's boyfriends being at a Friday night dinner and how much it changes things is oh my God. so interesting. It shifts the dynamic or, entirely. Or not. <laughs> it, oh, yeah, but okay, so when you think about it, with Dean, it was Sadie Sadie, yeah. which is season two, episode one, when he comes over and Richard just absolutely rips him apart. Oh my God. And the circumstances of him being there is like in celebration. And c- oh, yeah. c- celebration of Rory being... Rory, wonderful news. You're in the top 3% of your class. That's what I needed from you. Thank you. I pointed at Tara and she was just staring at me. I'm like, do you Well, the thing. I couldn't think of it. I said, I was like, is it top 10? No, it's top three. Top, it's top three. three. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, anytime. And like, yeah, Richard is big dick, like big dick energy, big from, dick energy. from Richard here because he's just so mean to him. Like he's for no so reason. Mean. And I will argue though that their dynamic at dinner is the closest of all of Rory's boyfriends that like the family sitting down for dinner like this is like the most Dean would be the most familiar with it I think Mm. um even though like things go very south and everyone's kind of mean to each other I do feel like this is like the most normal for Dean of all people to like 
at the same time every day sit down for dinner. Yeah, it sounds like that's something that's very normal in his family. Because I know that that's not normal for everyone. I did sit down for dinner every night with my family for the most part. High school, it started to get a little wonky because we were all doing different things at different times. Yeah, but we, we all had different things going on, but we all sat down for dinner or like whoever was around and not at like sports things. Yeah, but that's not the case for everyone, much less someone like Jess Mariano who comes for dinner with just Emily and just Rory, which is so yeah. different than what Dean experienced because he had Richard, which it may have been nicer if he didn't have Richard or may have been nicer if it was just Emily and Rory for Dean. I I truly think it would because like I think that Emily in front of a guest would like totally put on a front because Mm -hmm. we totally we see that completely with Jess Mm -hmm. and it was Richard was the one that was like you're not good enough for my granddaughter and he's gonna like because he sees the way that Lorelai turned out and so Mm -hmm. like having someone like Dean in his eyes isn't good enough because he's a bad boy and you know goes to public school versus like how Lorelai turned out that that's just he doesn't see that for Rory she's smarter than that yeah but can you imagine Richard and Jess I I'm honestly sad that we never got that but like I don't think Jess needed any more trauma in his life no (laughs) I don't think that boy needed well they would have gone at each other I think Jess would not have handled that like Dean did Dean just sat there and took it which is sad it sucks admirable of him though to like not yeah yeah i'll give Dean. i'll give Deanie I mean, that he, he got a little like snappy but he like did. in his defense like dean's nature dean always attacked. gets sassy and yeah a little defiant when it comes to adults but richard is definitely the like of all of them is going to be the one who's going to in any instance like not care that there's company mm. like if he feels a certain way he is going to let you know it mm-hmm. um for sure but, but like you said when Jess comes over, like, it seems like everything's great. Like, mm. Emily is so fine to sit and wait for him. He shows up with a freaking black eye <laughs> late. Yeah. And they still, like, have, like, a fine time. Yeah. Until, and it's really between Jess and Rory that this thing is brewing. But, like, Emily, of, like, all people, is, like, such, like, a comforting is the wrong word, but just, like, polite backdrop for this of she like, really she's, is she's seemingly very understanding and you're like wow emily yeah did you go i know until she calls lorelei oh my god <laughs> she's got feels yeah big feels major feels which is very different than how she is with logan i mean she yeah. has feels trust they're just very different well before we even get to logan i feel like there's one other it's not necessarily a friday night dinner but it does speak to the dynamic of like all of them is that Richard and Emily are at odds but the thing that brings them together is finding out that Rory is with Dean their original <gasps> enemy of- yes their original nemesis <laughs> all of ours to be honest can't relate <laughs> it's Dean that brings Richard and Emily back together <gasps> that's so for true. one night and one night only for the party's over you're for right the party's over because like it's almost like even worse than like the Dean dinner because now they have thrown a whole party for Rory to find a different partner. Wow. I completely forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, You're the right. The party. And like we have Logan there. Um, but it works to their favor because Dean rolls up and he's like, I don't belong here. And all Rory says is Dean, Dean. which is to say, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're totally right. I I never really thought of it in those terms until now that Dean was one of the reasons Emily and Richard. Yeah, reconnected. Wow. A lot of people really connect over how much they don't like Dean. Yeah. Both in the narrative and outside of it. That was our first episode. That's how we connected. Very true. (laughs) It is very true. 
<laughs> Dean, the uniter of the people. <laughs> but speaking of Logan, they love him. Yeah, his circumstances were very different because she had heard that she had gone to dinner at their house, which went very poorly. Mm-hmm. But they were like, they couldn't believe that they had been like so remiss as to not invite him, that they were going to send a carrier pigeon sort of thing right yeah. then. They made her get up from dinner right then and call him and yeah. make sure that he was available. And they were going to send an invitation because that's just what you do. Mm. So when Logan came in, they were thrilled, absolutely excited. And interestingly, the air is completely sliced by Lorelai's opinion of Logan. Yeah, which is new. But like that was like the whole thing that we talked about earlier is like the way that Lorelai got back into Friday night dinner was like if you want to come to dinner with Logan, which like honestly, what is Lorelai and Rory's relationship that like Rory would let her meet Logan for the first time at, at Friday, Friday night, night dinner. dinner. Like they I should know. have like a Thursday night dessert. Are you kidding? Yeah, like, truly. That's like the most out of character thing for the both I of know, them. I know. I know. It was very weird. It was like she it's could so only weird. meet Logan at Friday night yeah, dinner. Bring him to Weston's. Like, I don't know. Go to the dining hall, something. Meet Logan somewhere before this moment. Made the drama that much better. But it's Lorelai now that's the mm-hmm. one. And like the switcheroo from mm-hmm. disapproving because of, you know. Logan, Logan's an angel to them. He's exactly who they see for Rory. Yeah. And I mean, I think there was a little bit of this frustrating air in a couple different ways. Before that, it was over the fact that like the last time she saw both of her parents, maybe not Richard, because I think he comes to the inn to do some insurance fire. work. Yes. Because they had like a fire at the end with the oven or the stove. Suki had some yeah. sort of issue. Um, I think she's maybe seen Richard, but... She hasn't seen Emily since the wedding because of everything that happened in the upset. And that was yeah. also the first time Ooh. that she had seen Logan. Yeah. And it was oh. um, under very, very interesting circumstances. <laughs> I had to think about that the last time she saw the both of them was uh, Grandma wants a picture of this. Of this? you and me were done. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> night for Lorelai. <laughs> I think there was already a lot of stress and tension coming into that because Lorelai was hold was essentially holding her relationship with Emily over Emily's head because of what Emily had done with yeah. Christopher. Now the tables have turned and Emily's like, oh, well, now I have something to hold over your head. Mm. And if I were Lorelai, I would not have done it. But anyway, so Emily's very strong that she can hold Logan Huntsberger over Lorelai's head. She can Lorelai's hold head. an entire <laughs> man over her head. Yeah. But Lorelai already doesn't like Logan because like, Rory was crying on the bathroom floor drunk, exactly. like, she saw him with another girl. Like, if if this was my mom, she would totally not oh, be Oh, she'd Logan. be totally yeah. done. But she also has this information that she shares with her parents after Logan leaves about the way that Logan's parents treated Rory at their yeah. dinner. And they completely like, don't believe her. Yeah. Oh. And it's just... It's it's interesting though because like as much as like this is a lot like like the Gilmores are a lot like the Huntsburgers like in the sense of like they're very wealthy. I don't actually think that Logan has ever had a dinner like this at his house, which is like the only reason that I say that like this sort of dinner was the most similar to like maybe the way that Dean has dinner where like yeah. they're actually all having a conversation, celebrating one another mm. that then when Logan gets there you think that maybe this is the most similar to his upbringing because mm-hmm. of like the wealth of it and like the extravagance but I don't think that Logan has ever been at a dinner before with a f- with like family members where they're like praising him so much yeah I think that he 
is maybe a little bit out of his element in that, that it like, I really feel like it's the most similar to Dean's family. But to that end, it does have similar strokes, especially when it comes to Rory of when Christopher comes over to Friday night dinner for the first time that we see in season one and Christopher returns with his family because Rory's <laughs> once again put in a position where she's like, I'm not good enough. Yeah. Strobe Hayden. <laughs> He was bound for Princeton. <laughs> I can never get over that. Our son was bound for Princeton. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Sit down, I only strobe. see him as, like, a Game of Thrones character I every know. single time. <laughs> Speaking to family dynamics in Friday Night Dinners, we see huge movement in Richard in that moment, stepping oh, in to yeah. defend his family. And I don't know that Lorelai had ever experienced that before, where no. Richard specifically stepped in and was like, don't you ever speak about my daughter that way. My daughter is very good at what she does. My daughter yeah. is very successful at what she does. Ooh. Yeah. I will say, for just to the Richard and Lorelai in defending her in front of Strobe, and then when she goes into his office, they have that moment, and he, mm. he's very clearly upset with her. Oh, yeah. And kind of digs of into her is not dissimilar to the way that Lorelai and Emily were fighting about Rory in Rory's dance. Mm. And like Lorelai was defending Rory, who was in the room unknowingly. I imagine mm. Lorelai knew. She had to have heard the door open. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rory is having someone defend her name to a family member. Emily leaves and Rory comes in and thanks her and she immediately lays into her. Wow, I didn't even think about that. So it's like there's this little moment where it's like, that's her like father her like dad. daughter yeah. yeah wow that's so true that's so true but like you were saying though like this moment of her not being good enough for the Haydens like god she's a 16 year old girl but like I know that it's more so because we're like it's, ruined it, Chris's life quote-unquote yeah because he was quote-unquote bound for Princeton but Chris <laughs> actually comes in and shakes up a lot of Friday night dinners in a myriad of ways and that shifts the dynamic of the Gilmore's a lot and sometimes it's not even Chris being present it's like just Chris's name being brought up but to start with it should have been Lorelai when Sherry comes Sherry takes Rory Rory and Christopher shows up at Friday night dinner you would have thought that Emily would have been doing cartwheels she loves Christopher yeah and yet she is pissed yeah and has no qualms about showing that in front of Christopher speaking to the fact that Emily is usually like very put together puts on a face and then the second that you leave She's going to unload. Yeah. That is not the case here. She is very, very pointedly upset. and yeah. But she's upset because it, she wanted him to be with Lorelai. Of course. Of course. It always comes yeah. back to the crux of the issue, which is that Emily, to a certain point, wants Christopher and Lorelai together. However, when this kind of, it comes up in like back-to-back Friday night dinners and ends up tainting them in season three, Lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer when he's brought up, when Emily, you know, says, oh, we got Christopher this thing. Where is Christopher? Is he coming to dinner oh, with they you? because they think they're together. Because they think they're together. And then when Lorelai tells them that they're not, Richard immediately blames Lorelai. And that yeah. starts kind this of an was, argument between... She just leaves. Yeah, like she just stands up and walks out. out. Because then Richard and Emily are kind of going at each other. Yeah. And it bleeds over into the subsequent episode haunted leg when it's basically bookended with a little something extra at the end with Friday night dinners because you've got where they open when Emily and Lorelai are not speaking to each other mostly because Lorelai walked out it honestly barely has anything to do with 
her not being with Christopher. It yeah. has to do with the fact that Lorelai left. Um, and I then, would leave too, though, Lorelai. Honestly, same. But then Emily asks her to get lunch at Luke's, which is so out of the box. And she's trying to step in and she's trying to like orchestrate all of this stuff so that Christopher and Lorelai can be together. And then at the end of the day, when Christopher shows up at Friday night dinner, Emily's like, you got to go. You need to leave. Yeah. Which is huge. That was one of my favorite Emily moments because like she's finally seeing like, oh, Uh-oh. like maybe this was not such a good idea. Maybe, <laughs> this was maybe bad he news. does need to go. She Leave now. <laughs> she rebounds from that and, um, you know, wants them back together eventually. So yeah, like, of course. That didn't last for very long, but I did love her in that moment. Yeah, yeah, I did too. And it kind of puts a button for the moment. Of course, we see her go on to encourage the two of them to be together in season five and try and be the puppet master again. But like it puts kind of a button on this needing to meddle into their lives that we've been yeah. seeing for several episodes throughout the first three seasons. Yeah. And they get into it a little bit in Dear Emily and Richard when Sherry does have her baby later in the season. Right. Because it's just Emily and Lorelai at Friday Night Dinner that night, if you remember. Yeah. Because Rory has to go to the hospital because she was invited there for the C-section that never was. And Lorelai <laughs> and Emily are having like a perfectly fine dynamic, even though Emily is like trying really hard to keep her opinions under her hat. But when Lorelai eventually leaves to go to, go to help, to help yeah. Rory and to help ultimately Sherry, Emily is just like, you are crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. And, but she, but she lets it go. She lets yeah. it go. And, and you don't really hear much about it until... Chris makes this like weird triumphant return in Lorelai's life in season five. Yeah. So it's interesting that he can like make or break Friday night dinner, but I'm glad that we get to a point in partings where Emily's not trying to set the two of them up anymore. Yeah. She's trying to set him up with Jan from the office. A therapist. (laughs) (laughs) That Emily. I know. But speaking to that, all of Lorelai's suitors have been at one Friday night dinner or another. Well, when you brought up the Haydens being there, it does remind me that, like, Lorelai meets two of her suitors' parents at Friday night dinner as well. Yeah, because when Jason Stiles' parents come to Yeah, because they have dinner. one Friday night dinner where Jason, like, cons his way Weasels his way dinner. In, yeah. <laughs> Talking um, about the cheeseburger. Yeah, they have that, but then, you know, the Stileses... <laughs> The styles is, uh, yeah. <laughs> they all come to dinner and... What are their names? Um, it's something like Strobe and Francine, but it's, it's not. It's something like that. Oh, God, I wish I could remember. Um, I like seeing Floyd. Floyd. Floyd Styles. I don't remember what her name was. Yeah, But it's either. like another moment where, like, something is revealed mm. so that, like... What was it that he says? He was like, was I not supposed to say that or something? Yeah, because he hires a, a private investigator to follow Jason, Jason. and ends up discovering that Lorelai and Jason are together and just spills the beans at Friday night dinner. Yeah. And it totally shocks Emily That's and Richard. That's the most confusing things for me is like, I feel like we'd have, we'll have to get into this on a whole Jason episode. Cause I know we feel so differently about this, but that like Lorelai broke up with Jason because he was going to sue her family who she like, already was mad at because like they ruined his life by like taking all of his clients away so that he wasn't going to be able to make a living where he was like doing what he was doing before and Lorelai was like sorry I can't be with you because you're suing my family it's like they're ruining his life Lorelai there's so much to unpack there that's a whole episode itself yes yes but there's always conflict that ensues 
with Lorelai's partners meeting her parents, being in the same room as her parents, because it happens with Max. And we don't see Max and Richard interact, but that is in Hammers and Veils when Max accidentally drives her to her parents' <laughs> house because he doesn't know where he's going. Yeah. And she's so mad that Emily didn't react the way she wanted her to to yeah. her engagement. Well, and that was preempted because Max brings up how excited his family was because they were giving him four installments of $35 and just Which like so was so cute and excited. so random. The most random <laughs> amount of money. Because Max was like, well, they're your parents too. And like, this is why we were like, Max, come oh, on. Max Medina. Like, let her be upset. Yeah, Max truly. Medina. Truly. He's but the problem. <laughs> that's how he meets. That's his introduction to Emily. What an intro. Is a fight. Yeah. At the Gilmore's. I'd say the only person that didn't necessarily get a fight when he went over there, and this was when Richard and Emily were separated. So who's to say what would have happened if it was the two of them together? But isn't it in You've Been Gilmored? No, it's in, um, they first do it in You Jump, I Jump, Jack. Lorelai's storyline in that is that they're separated, um, and Richard invites him golfing, and Emily is so furious. Like, why would you take that man golfing? And he was like, you're not thinking ahead. Like, mm. this is the man that Lorelai's with. Like, we need to, like, get ahead of this. Because mm. he wants to, like, boost his business and, like, make him, I guess, more admirable among his fellow man in his little society set. Yeah. Um, and so when Emily invites him to dinner the first time and you jump, I jump, Jack. Um, that's is that when, when she's she... like, would you like another beer, Luke? yeah and she yeah. was like when they walk outside his truck is there and she was like oh no a workman <laughs> left his truck here and she was like what is it Lorelai says it's like rustic it's like yeah um, crappy poopy or something like that. <laughs> yeah she says something to that effect but doesn't he come back again in you've been Gilmore? he comes back and you've been Gilmore at this point because they um why is rory not there oh so this actually isn't a Friday night dinner. This is just a dinner that they've invited him to, to get to know Got Luke. It. Like, Got it. as a couple between the two of them. And this is when they're, like, finally accepting that, like, Luke and Lorelai are together. And mm. so they want to protect them because um, this is when they really push, like, they're getting married June 3rd. And Luke was mm. like, why did they say that? She's like, I don't know. Mm. Um, yes. But this yes. is when they're trying to almost help them because they're telling them all these horror stories of, like, all these mm. people that they knew and the things that they went through. And, like, for the first time, you're like, are they kind of being supportive? Yeah. And that's kind of what it was been like. You've been Gilmore. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. But I would say that, I mean, outside of just the conflict between Emily and Richard, which was already happening by the time Luke came over and then obviously yeah. it's followed by Emily trying to like I said be the puppet master and add Chris to the chat <laughs> I'd say that Delete his him. conflict was like pretty minimal at the actual dinner itself comparatively to yeah. everybody else which is ironic because I'd say that like Luke's was pretty minimal Logan's was pretty minimal and those are the people that they kind of loosely end up with I know that Rory and Logan don't end up together but like yeah. well, that we know of but Luke and Lorelai end up together which it's just so interesting that it was like there was a blow up with every other person well to be fair the Luke blow up happened at the wedding exactly that's what I mean but like actually at the dinner itself like yeah Logan's dinner despite everything that happened with Lorelai went relatively smoothly and yeah. Lo and luke's did as well both times that he goes well to that effect the logan dinner did go smoothly but the rory dinner at logan's that did not go as smoothly did it it did not and i feel like that one is like 
the most similar to Strobe and Francine coming over, as well as Dean being at the Gilmores, because she comes over and it's it's not dissimilar to the Gilmores. They have cocktail hour, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's on, on edge, everyone's whispering to each other across the room. Shira has nothing to say to Rory. Mm. And then when they finally sit down, it's Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa, Grandpa Huntsberger. Who we never see again. That's true. Maybe he died. <laughs> oh. I wasn't even going there. But yeah, we just never see him again. <laughs> he just disappears. Yeah. But it's like their blow up is like they don't mind putting everything out on the table. Shira's like completely she doesn't care to insult Rory Gilmore in her house, regardless of the fact that the Gilmores are like a very good family in the society that they interact in. Mm. They're completely willing to put her down. Do you think then that like in this scenario, if we're really comparing it to the Dean dinner, that like Shira's more of the Richard, it was just delivered in a kinder way and with a cigarette? Is it kinder? <laughs> but she was just like, no, I just mean like in a sweeter way. Where she, she was, was like, just smiling. She was I just smiling. Scarier. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like grandpa is like the tricks of the family. Yeah. Oh, like tricks totally. would absolutely say something to that effect. And then yeah. like Mitchum and Emily Gilmore, like I guess could be compared in a couple different ways in that like they are puppet masters. Yeah. I they both try to manipulate it's... situations. I, the only reason I say no is because I feel like Mitchum just like genuinely, he doesn't care that much. He doesn't care as much as Shira does because like, I don't think that he cares as much about who he ends up with is more of like if it could serve like what he needs him to do in his business. Like if it's Rory Gilmore, fine, as long as it didn't like interfere with anything to do with the business side of right. what he required from Logan, right. that like his personal life, he could do whatever the fuck. Like it didn't. Yeah. And you feel like Emily it. like very deeply cared about Rory's yeah. personal because- life. Because, like, the thought of that is when Mitchum comes to Rory and offers her the internship to kind of, like, smooth things over. But yeah. I think he's very Richard in the sense that he's thinking a couple steps ahead. And yeah. maybe he did care and he really did want to, like, orchestrate this just to put her down as he ultimately maybe. did. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was quite that conniving. I just think he genuinely just, like, didn't care. Yeah. Doesn't give a shit. Yeah, like that's it's true. Just so like he in partings when he's talking to Rory in the elevator about how like he's my son, I want him to do well. Um, but like the the reason that Rory had was like, why are you trying to keep us together? He was like, I don't care is basically yeah. what he said. Yeah. Like he's my son. Like I just want him to get out of like the life and death brigade and Colin and Finn. Like you were never a consideration, my friend, is basically yeah. what he says to her. Yeah, that's so and true. And then in season seven, that gets kind of, like, wonky because it they does. do have... Because they, like, try to, like, emulate you've been gilmore with you've been Huntsbergered, where mm-hmm. it's, like, by the end of it, like, her and Mitchum are friends, and he's, like, you can have whatever job you want to at any of my newspapers, which yeah. feels, like, really not in keeping with what we know about Mitchum as a person. Yeah. But it's that dinner it's that is, like, not similar to the way that all of... Rory's boyfriends have kind of been reacted to, but just very openly. Very true. Makes you kind of sad for Logan. It makes you kind of sad for Logan, yeah. It doesn't make you sad for Logan. No, it does. It does. But I do think that Logan, uh, we've talked about how Logan and Lorelai have very similar tendencies in the sense that they kind of like disconnect. I mean, I think that he's much more disconnected from his family than Lorelai is by the end of the series. But she was for a very long time disconnected for a lot of those reasons. In just a very different way. I do think that her family genuinely does care about yes. her personal life a yes. lot more than Logan's does. Um, 
But I do think that the way that all of these like family dynamics happen with like Dean and Jess and Logan really kind of highlights how much Lorelai is the main character. Mm -hmm. Because I think that in each of these settings, you could see her there Mm -hmm. where like you could you could make her Dean in the Dean dinner and Strobe is Richard. You could have her as Jess and the Emily dinner where Mm -hmm. it's just like she probably every single dinner that she had with her family before they like reconnected where it's Mm. just like surface level everything's fine but it really wasn't and then putting her in the logan one where it's like (laughs) that's probably where she would feel the most at home yeah Um, truly but i just feel like the all of the dynamics and the way that they all happen always kind of come back to lorelei in some sense yeah Um, it's true because she really like we've talked about this before i think she's the main character I do too. You think she's the main I've always character. felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. Even though ironically we always talk about Rory's boyfriends more. Oh, of course. But I think that's They're probably cuter. because <laughs> Yeah, but also they were cuter for us when we were like younger. Of course. And like I was yeah. not going for Luke Danes. Yeah, that age gap was not really working for me. <laughs> no, it was not really working for any of us unless you were at that age at that time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, de- it depends on really when you watch the show, but I think a lot of people in the fandom like to talk about more of Rory's boyfriends even though we do consider Lorelai to be the main character and a lot of that is driven you know speaking of family dynamics and speaking of the end of season five and everything that unfolds in season six by the way that there's a huge rift between the two of them and how that absolutely shifts the narrative and I think is a huge reason why people don't like season six. Oh, for sure. I know because, you like, love season six. Yeah, I just like we were these girls really just going to be best friends for seven seasons with like nothing to come between them ever. Like, no, that wouldn't have been interesting to watch. I mean, to be fair, a lot of people don't watch season six because they oh, don't want to see that. That's true. So it's I like, don't. <laughs> yeah, so it's like maybe you would have liked that, but I'm like, how boring. <laughs> yeah, it, no, let's get something I, between them. I do agree. I love that the thing that came between them ultimately was her grandparents and Lorelai's parents that like Mm -hmm. the struggle they've had all along of like quote unquote the first episode of season six new and improved Lorelai yeah like there she is you're right and interestingly some of what also comes between Lorelai and Rory comes from Logan's dynamic with his family had that dinner not happened had Mitch have not offered her the internship had he not turned her down had she not stolen the boat had she not decided that because of what Mitch said she wasn't meant to be at Yale anymore yeah this wouldn't have happened it would have happened in another way somewhere down the line between the and two it was of them. really it was all Rory's reaction to it and like her like unwillingness to really talk to Lorelai about it like honestly almost yeah. I don't ever think she got like into it in a real sense with her like because even when she was like telling her that she was dropping out of Yale, she wasn't talking like logically with her. Mm. It was like very like overwhelmed feelings. This is what I'm going to do. And Lorelai just doesn't handle that very well. She's never someone who can be like, let's step back for a second and figure out what the root of this problem is. It's like bing, bang, boom. Let's yeah. knock out fight. Yeah. Um, well, it's exactly what happened away. at the beginning of season five, ironically. Absolutely. With Dean. But we are bookended on season five with a potential rift and then an actual rift and i i just i love the way that it plays out like how like when they come together for the baby shower and they're like such at odds then because Mm. suki's trying to facilitate this and then they throw rory's birthday party and i don't think at any point when um emily's like do you want to invite your mom that she is trying to reconnect them i don't think that anything that Emily does in this like early part of season six is to reconnect them in the same way that Suki did. Mm. Um, It's more of just like 
she's your mom. Do you want to invite her? I know in the past you guys have been pals. Maybe you guys she have would talked. Like to come. <laughs> Should I get her a chocolate box? And that's yeah. why Rory calls her. And she was. Yeah. She seems like really excited to see her, but when. It actually comes to them like standing in front of each other and Lorelai walking in like that's like always one of the most like emotional moments for me even though it's like so small and quick and fast is when she sees Lorelai come into her party because it's like they were supposed to have the 21st birthday together they were supposed to be doing this this is this wasn't supposed to be something that Emily threw and it's like you're seeing what Lorelai's life probably would have been like had Rory never come along. This is what her 21st birthday probably would have looked like. Yeah, lots of pearls. And like to see almost Lorelai walk into what her past would have been without Rory there is just so mm. intense. And to see them like interact where she's just like, you look skinny. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I got a dog. <laughs> yeah. Talking about how she ate chocolate boxes and it's just so strained. And you're like, I know. And then when she watches her walk over and blow out the candles, you're Ugh. like, I know. It's like watching a stranger. It's so sad to watch. It's so sad. And it's so, like, it literally like is like a knife to the heart every single time. I know. And it only feels that way because you've watched them be friends and like you've watched their dynamic of their like two person family, this little club between these two girlies, like mother and daughter who are more like friends who like suddenly mother and daughter who are more like strangers. Uh, but it's like, I know I'm, I'm like maybe going to cry a little bit. <laughs> you know what? You know what always makes me cry is when they hug in The Prodigal Daughter Returns. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can never watch that and not cry. I want to quote it, but I know if I do, I'm going to cry no, when don't, she says, I don't, miss you, Mom. Don't. You have no don't, idea, kid. Stop. Stop. What did, why did you do that? I now you're know. crying. <laughs> I said don't. It's just, it's just like every time that happens. Because you know. know. You know that's what she wanted at her birthday. I know. You know she didn't want to get any presents. She just wanted her mom to hug her on her birthday. And, like, oh. it doesn't ever happen. Um, no, they, like, they just they don't stand in front of each, each other. other. Yeah. Oh. Just, like, little little mannequins just looking at each other. Like, yeah. It's just, and I mean, like, that's where this all comes from. That's why I love the conflict is because, like, if they didn't have that conflict, we wouldn't have that hug. We yeah. wouldn't have them standing in front of their, like, each other. Like, this painful moment between the two of them. Yeah. It's just, it's so good. That, it's like, so, so good. As much as we focus on the boyfriends and everything, it's really the family drama. And when it comes back to it, it's really the love story between this mother and daughter. I and know. I think getting the good parts, like that hug, has to come from the moments like at this birthday party. Truly, truly. All right. Now, speaking of birthday parties, are you ready to not cry? <laughs> I'm going to cry anyways. <laughs> we actually talked about this in Happy Birthday Baby, where I always cry on my birthday. Oh, that's right. Oh, so never mind. Maybe you will cry on your birthday. Do you think Roy cried on her birthday? I don't know. When Lorelai left? Oh, maybe she did. I don't Oh, I never thought about it that way. Because now she was like living inside the Gilmore house. And this is when she told Logan, we're going to have to have sex in our invisible suits. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. So maybe she went You're upstairs so right. and cried because her mom came, but not well, in the way she wanted her to. That's that's very true. But hopefully you're not going to cry because it's our birthdays next week. Both of our birthdays are within one week of each other. We are born six days apart, one year apart, but six days apart. Yeah. And we are celebrating our birthdays with a birthday episode. Well, it's because this works out so well because my birthday is December 3rd. Tara's is December 9th. So our birthday is December 6th, which mm-hmm. just so happens to be next Tuesday. So it's like, it's mine and Tara's birthday. Happy birthday, babies. Happy so, birthday, babies. Happy birthday, girlies. 
I'm turning 30. Tara is turning 31. 30 again. 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 We're saying 30 again because (laughs) Tara had COVID for her 30th birthday, so we're letting her have a second one. Thank you so much. It's the 30th revival. Yeah. (laughs) And then I'll be 32 like Lorelai Gilmore. So it's the 30th revival this year, and then it'll be my Lorelai Gilmore birthday. Oh, I love that so much. I'm so excited. We're going to like dive into how the show covered birthdays, have some birthday parties, probably talk about that 21st birthday again and like cry a little bit. Yeah. Um, Definitely. So I always cry on my birthday like Exactly. I so I'll make sure that you fulfill the tradition. <laughs> Perfect. Maybe I'll make you cry a little bit too. Well, maybe I'll have more to cry about on next week's episode. If you want more Gilmore to say, join us on Patreon for a spoiler-full recap podcast, Gilmore Revisited, where you can access weekly episodes, monthly merch discounts, and a community page of your fellow Gilmore-obsessed besties. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Gilmore to Say Podcast, where you can find links to our Patreon and merch and stay up to date with all things Gilmore to Say.